I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to a mini-episode of Cinematic Universe the podcast that's all about comic book movies, brought to you by FilmDivider.com. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and I'll be bringing you a truncated version of the show to bridge the gap between our Incredible Hulk and Ghost in the Shell episodes. On today's show, I'll give you my reactions to the comics that Seven James recommended on last week's podcast. Those were The Incredible Hulk Volume 2, issues 92 to 95. That's otherwise known as Exile, the first arc of Planet Hulk and Ultimate Wolverine vs. Hulk. But before any of that, let's take a look at some of the comic book movie news that has broken over the past week. First up is some big news out of Warner Brothers and DC, who appear to be planning a movie featuring the characters of Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. According to the tracking board, the movie will be directed and exec-produced by Greg Balanti, um, he's a name you should recognise being the brains behind Arrow, Flash and Supergirl. Um, and the movie will also skew comedic in a buddy cop kind of way. Uh, we've mentioned the two characters on the show before, but Booster Gold is a time traveller from the future who journeys to our time in search of fame and fortune as a superhero, while the Blue Beetle expected to feature in the movie is the Jamie Reyes version, who possesses a suit that gains its powers from a scarab artefact. Um, At the very least, it seems like we're getting increasing hints at variety in DC's movie universe, and that is very encouraging. It's less good news over at Fox, where Rupert Wyatt has stepped away from his directorial duties on Gambit. The party line is that Wyatt has stepped away due to date clashes with another project, but there are already reports suggesting script issues and a spiralling budget contributed to the director's decision. Production had already been put back on Gambit until early next year, but the release date remains firm on October the 17th, 2016. That's a very tight turnaround, and it's one that's reminiscent of the one that Matthew Vaughan faced on X-Men First Class. Um, If they are going to meet it, Fox are probably going to need to bring in a new director to board the Troubled Project very, very soon. Is Peyton Reed busy? Over to Netflix and Marvel now with the news that Scott Glenn will be returning to Daredevil in Season 2 to reprise his role as Stick in three episodes. Meanwhile, we also got our first official Jessica Jones photos, so forget about all those unofficial set photos you've already seen for the time being. Um, All the major players in the cast are accounted for. There is lots of Kristen Ritter's Jessica Jones wearing scarves. Uh, We see Mike Holter's Luke Cage, Rachel Taylor's Trish Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, and Carrie Ann Moss's original character Harper. 
Um, and of course, we get David Tennant's Kilgrave, who is wearing a purple scarf like the purple man that he is. Okay, let's move on now to discussing this week's comic book recommendations. Okay, so we'll start off with James's recommendation, which um, is The Incredible Hulk Volume 2, issues 92 to 95. Um, so this is Exile, the first four issues in the um, Planet Hulk arc, and this comes from Greg Pak and Carlo Pagulian. Um, probably butchered that name. Um, and... So this, these are the first four issues that follow um, Hulk and really not Bruce Banner because he is in Hulk form the entire time um, after he is tricked by um, a variety of Marvel superheroes including um, Black Bolt and Mr. Fantastic and Iron Man and Doctor Strange, kind of lots of geniuses in the Marvel Universe into um, being sent out into outer space and the plan is that he will end up on some uninhabited planet where he can finally be alone um but hulk gets very angry about this smashes the vessel that he's in when he realizes um and that sends him into some kind of um vortex which transports him onto a world that is very much inhabited um and when he's there he's very quickly um fought and captured by the um inhabitants of that planet there is a um, disc that is kind of stuck into his skin, which which makes him uh, subservient to the to the inhabitants of this world, um, and he is then stuck into kind of like a gladiatorial arena um, to fight for the entertainment of the people on this planet. Except he very early on annoys the um, the the emperor and the guys that are in charge on this planet. And so it becomes very clear that they do not want him to win his fights in the arena and gain his freedom. Um, they want to kill him and show him up. So the Hulk has essentially gone from one planet that hates him to a new one that hates him. Um, and he's stuck into kind of this makeshift, makeshift group of um, like different aliens from lots of different planets. Uh, and they all fight together um, in the arena. So there is like a, there is one big rocky kind of um, animal, uh, alien, and one bug-like alien who's native to that planet, um, and um, a brood, which is a character that I'm aware of from X Men, I think, um, and yeah, and that's 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 basically the idea. In the in these first four issues, it's kind of Hulk fighting his way through arenas. Um, James mentioned to me in like a Conan-esque kind of way, but to me it was it felt very... Um, I mean, this came out in 2006, so it's five years after, but it had vibes of Ridley Scott's Gladiator. Um, but but also the entire setup reminded me of John Carter on Mars as well. Um, so, yeah, that, those are the things that originally uh, initially came to mind for me. And I enjoyed this this four issue arc. Um, I thought it was fun, but what what I was slightly wondering, I had a couple of reservations, and I was wondering about. So I emailed James and asked him, like, "Look, why why is this story so revered? Like, I, I enjoyed it, but why why has it got such a special place in Hulk canon?" Um, and here's what James said to me. Um, he said, "It's utterly unlike most other Hulk stories, um, and it felt so fresh and original when it came out." Um, part of the appeal of Hulk comics is cheering the Hulk on, and part of the appeal of Planet Hulk is that he starts at the very bottom and fights his way up to the top. Um, and perhaps most importantly, it sticks the landing and has a really excellent final act called World War Hulk, where Hulk comes back to Earth for revenge. Um, 
so essentially what James was saying to me there was that I'd seen kind of like if, if Hulk was a movie, I'd seen the first act in Planet Hulk, in the, in this four-issue arc of XR Planet Hulk. And that so if I'm not quite getting why people love it so much is because I've not experienced the whole thing. Um, but it would be hard to recommend the length of uh, Planet Hulk as a one-week reading assignment for the podcast. Um, so basically, if I want to get the whole sense of this, um, I should read the whole thing. And I, and I might continue reading because, like I say, it was enjoyable. And I, and I really want to get why people love this so much. Because at the moment, I'm in like but not love. Um, another couple of interesting things I think about what James said there, that basically, like, it, it, I did find it strange reading, like, okay, so what, like, it's something that always confused me about the Hulk, when, so, we talked about on last week's show about all the different ways that he can transform into the Hulk, and the different takes on it that there's been in the comics of it being, like, Jekyll and Hyde, and, or it being when he's angry or, you know, whatever it causes to transform him into it. But I've never quite grasped what it takes to transform him out and whether it's just when the Hulk is tired of being Hulk anymore or... I don't know. But so this was a this was a four-issue arc where it's just Hulk all the time. Um, and I guess maybe Banner wouldn't survive on this planet. That, that would make sense. And that's why Hulk never transforms back. But it's not explained. And I, I did find it slightly confusing in that regard. But again, what James said about that, this is a comic that like makes Hulk the hero. There's no like anti-hero, like, Oh, he's the, he's what Bruce Banner doesn't want to transform into because in this comic, the the status quo of the comic is that if Hulk were to transform, he'd transform into Banner and not the other way around. Hulk is our main character here. Um, and he's not monosyllabic. He, he talks and, he's just a bit of a badass and because the the people who are putting him into these horrible situations in like fighting pits it's it's not hard to cheer him on against the other people that he's fighting um and so in that regard yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool watching hulk just like he is getting increasingly disheveled and beat up and like his hair is getting burnt off and he's got a giant scar down his face and He's taking spears in the chest and he's putting on all this gladiatorial armour, but he's very much aware that he's pretty much indestructible. Um, and um, just just goes completely nuts and fights fights everyone at any given opportunity in this comic. Um, the, the, there are hints that he's not he's still not entirely a hero, like there is there's there's like a civil war going on, on this planet that he's on and the rebels try and recruit him to their cause and Hulk just goes, no, and then um, walks away from them. Uh, <laughs> basically goes, no, nope, I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. I don't want any part in this, even even if that does seem the right side of the fight to be on. And the fourth issue, um, the Silver Surfer is captured on this planet in exactly the same way that Hulk is, and he's got this disc in that makes him subservient, and they're forced to fight each other. Um, and Hulk wins basically by destroying the disc on Silver Surfer's um, chest, but again is still about to destroy him afterwards because he feels betrayed by a friend. That like Silver Surfer is one of the few people that Hulk apparently has ever been friends with, and that this is this feels like a massive betrayal and it almost kills him until he's stopped. Um, and Silver Surfer eventually kind of removes his and all the other gladiators' um, discs 
once he's got his powers back um, and allows Hulk to escape out, out onto the planet. Um, and the two kind of rekindle their friendship at the end as Silver Surfer offers to take him away, but Hulk says no, that this feels like his home now. Um, and it, yeah, in, in that regard, it does really feel like a good setup for more exciting stories to come. Um, and um, I did get the... It's weird. There's sometimes where I'm reading comics for this podcast where I get the sense of like, sometimes I even feel like I'm enjoying one comic more than another, but I can kind of tell that the other one is better. It's, 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 it's kind of strange. Like, okay, I'm enjoying... I, I guess I'd probably equate it to watching kind of like um, a dumb action movie rather than like, you know, some like thoughtful uh, drama where you're like, okay, look, I'm enjoying this action movie a hell of a lot and it's a lot of fun and I'm... And you know I'm not even thinking about it and just enjoying it. Um, but the, this thoughtful drama, it might it might not be as easy to watch, and I might be, not be enjoying it second to second. But I'm I know that that's the one that I'm going to be thinking about more for the next week or two after having seen it. And I get that with comics as well. And I've, I I would say that I definitely got it with these two comics this week, where I probably found. Um, Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine, which will come shortly, a, a lot more of a page turner that I felt like I was breezing through it and it was very easy. Um, whereas Planet Hulk, I was kind of like, I'm enjoying this and I like this, but I, I could see something in it that was a lot more, that there seems to me to be a lot more depth and a lot more potential um, and a lot more craft in the way the story was being told than there was in the other comic. Um which is one of those things that has um, has kept me reading stuff. Like when I was reading Alias, there were little bits of Alias that I wasn't completely on board with, um, or some some parts of the story that some arcs in that story that I didn't love as much as the other ones. But there's there's just a sense, and it's probably in the writing um, that that makes me think this is going to be this. Just keep reading this. You you know there's something that you like here, um, and Planet Hulk had that. Um, it had that dimension to me. Um, maybe it's a lot of familiar tropes and genre of genres that I that I kind of like in. in Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In this here, um, or maybe it was the, just the, the kind of singular um, lead character here who is not quite like anyone that I think I've read comics about. And it, it does seem like a very interesting take on Hulk to just go forget about Bruce Banner and let's just make the Hulk the hero for a while um so yeah that was it was really fun and um yeah if, if it's whatever it is 20 odd more issues or of, of planet hulk and world war hulk or and, uh, whatever there is to read there i think i'm going to try and read them eventually because um yeah i enjoyed this um we'll move on now to seb's recommendation which is ultimate wolverine versus hulk um, this comes from damon lindelof and um lionel francis you um and um, both of these I read on Marvel Unlimited this week. And so as you could probably tell from what I've already said about this, this was the one that I would say is probably more of the fun action movie kind of one. Like, yes, um, I, I enjoyed reading it. Um, it ends after six issues and I was fine with that. It was it was good, entertaining stuff. And um, I had a chuckle at uh, regular intervals and... Um, I thought there was there was some quite there was quite a lot of kind of like ballsy like oh, hey can you believe we're doing this kind of thing on the page here and so it led to some really interesting visuals and panels um, and uh, quite a few surprises because this is the ultimate Marvel universe it's not the main Marvel universe um, there was some stuff that I was expecting to happen uh, which didn't um, some. Uh, including one very major beat in the middle, which subverts kind of the what what I know about Marvel anyway. So, um, so that was fun. Um, it didn't strike me as a particularly deep story, um, but yeah, fun. So the first issue follows Wolverine, um, Ultimate Wolverine. He is sent to track down Hulk, and we see on the very first page. Uh, that it's not gone well for Wolverine. He's all beaten up and bloody, and then we see that. Three minutes earlier, Hulk has ripped Wolverine in half. He's, he's ripped the top half of Wolverine's body off of the bottom half and thrown his legs four miles away over a mountain because they're in Tibet. Um, we then flash back to Wolverine being recruited by Nick Fury. Um, Betty Ross and Jennifer Walters are both working for S.H.I.E.L.D., so they're both around. Betty is a former... Um, girlfriend of Bruce's and in fact she left him apparently for Freddie Prince Jr which I thought was weird um but that was one of the things that made Hulk angry and he in this um part of the universe has killed 815 people in Manhattan um and has then run away uh that being one of Damon Lindelof's um I think I spotted two or three but I'm sure there's more lost references in this 815 being the flight number from lost and there's also a dharma symbol in there at one point it's just my residual nerdy lost knowledge um coming to the fore there um so Wolverine is sent after Hulk and he kind of follows him uh around the world through the places that he has been um spotted and that leads him to Tibet um, and he eventually finds Hulk in this kind of Tibetan mountain, um, in this kind of like um, Jabba the Hutt kind of pose, where he's like a big fat Hulk um, with like lots of bikini clad semi naked women hanging over him. Um, and 
um, Hulk actually speaks and um, offers Logan some cocoa. Um, so it's uh, so it's it, yeah, not not at all what I was expecting. Um, but then the second issue kind of follows Bruce Banner and Hulk as he travels around the world after committing this horrendous um, act and. It's quite it's quite bloody in the way that it depicts what Hulk does. Like this this these Ultimate Comics obviously don't hold back, and Hulk is doing some fairly grim stuff. Um, we can see like he is he keeps getting angry and hulking out, and he can't control it. But it's made very clear that he's responsible for a lot of deaths. And there's one point where some guys are teasing him for being vegan, and in the next shot, it looks like he's just ripped them to shreds and maybe even eaten them um so yeah that's that's the kind of hulk that's being presented here uh, he eventually goes to tibet and supposedly kind of learns to control his anger and that's where wolverine finds him and quite entertainingly the second issue ends with uh, the little note at the bottom of the page next issue enough chit chat let's get to the damn fight um which is funny if you remember what seb said last week about the publishing history of this comic uh, so I've got the first issue here was released in December 2005, the second in February 2006, and the third in March 2009. Um, so they spent their sweet time getting to the damn fight, didn't they? Um, <laughs> um, and actually, I I thought that the comic really did feel slightly inconsistent between the first two issues and the and the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. They they felt like a bit of a tonal jump. Um, or a bit of a jump in the way that the story is being told. Um, so the third issue uh, kind of starts with a little bit of a recap, um, and it kind of flings around. It does a kind of like fractured narrative with Logan after he's been ripped into pieces by Hulk. The story kind of flashing around in different orders, um, and we, we it's kind of. Basically, the issue is the fight between Hulk and Wolverine and what prompted them to start fighting. Um, I mean, Logan has been sent there to kill Hulk by Nick Fury. Um, but they, Logan kind of goads Hulk into the fight, um, essentially, in the end. Um, and the issue ends with um, someone flying out of an aeroplane and crashing down next to them while they're in the middle of the fight, at the point where Hulk is threatening to eat one of Logan's legs and asking him to pick which one he'd like him to eat. Um, and the person that has come from the plane to enter the fight is She-Hulk, um, which this is the part of the comic that I was expecting to be something completely different. Um, I was expecting She-Hulk to be Jennifer Walters, which I'm aware is the case in, in the main Marvel stories. Um, but the fourth issue follows Betty Ross um, and um, follows her interactions with uh, Jennifer as she's kind of experimenting on the Hulk formula and trying to get it to be... Um, she basically wants to use the powers of the Hulk but get rid of the kind of like the anger and just have be able to give someone the power presumably herself of the Hulk but without the the kind of negative angry side effect um, and she does seem to perfect that except uh, what happens is Betty tricks everyone including Nick Fury um, and steals the formula and injects it with herself so in this in this comic Betty is She-Hulk um, 
and she tracks Hulk down and basically there is a there is a big fight which Logan describes as maybe being something that he wasn't sure whether it was a fight or whether it was sex um, and he has to retell this story to Nick Fury who is trying to hunt Hulk down still um, except for some reason because he has a spirit dream from a and from his he has a dream of his spirit animal who's a panda it gets it gets a little bit nuts this comic um, that he can't tell Fury the whole thing um, but basically Hulk knows that Betty and Bruce in their Hulk and She-Hulk forms have made up and are going to meet in Casablanca. Uh, so he then sets off to stop Hulk. And basically he wants to kill the Hulk. And there's a really there's a really cool um, idea at the end where Hulk has made this collar with the help of a mutant called Forge, which he can put around Bruce Banner's neck. And that when Bruce then transforms into Hulk, it'll strangle him. Uh, Bruce doesn't want to die like that, and they kind of have a standoff where they throw themselves off a plane. Um, and eventually Nick Fury finds them um, and basically lets them walk off together into the sunset. And they kind of form some weird kind of um, twisted friendship with each other. Um, and basically Fury says that he's got Betty in custody and that the Hulk is going to have to keep himself in line if he ever wants to see her again or if he wants her safety insured um, so that's how the standoff is is fixed um, and like I said I, I had I had fun with this there was there was lots of funny little panels and it was very it was surprisingly like grim and violent there is a, an issue where Wolverine is decapitated for half the issue and kind of functioning just as a severed head um, and there's lots of kind of like um, explicit sex references the, the the opening of the fourth issue with Betty is her kind of laying in bed pretty graphically drawn with just sheets covering just the right amount of her body um, and there's there's nudity that kind of nudity in the comic semi-regularly um, and I'll be honest I, I, I just kind of did what I didn't like about it was that kind of vibe that kind of vibe that it was it was striving to be a little bit controversial and I don't know whether this is something that Ultimate Marvel is because I've read about Ultimate Marvel in the past and some of the stuff that some of the ways that the characters were depicted and presented I mean Captain America and Iron Man show up at one point in this comic and I didn't really like either of them either and that was that was a constant problem for me throughout this comic was that I didn't like Wolverine I didn't like Hulk I didn't like Betty I didn't like Nick Fury everyone just seemed like complete and utter bastards and I just didn't really like any of them they all felt, felt like just grim and unpleasant people and this didn't seem like a universe populated by superheroes. It seemed like a universe populated by selfish, unpleasant people, um, even down to Iron Man and Captain America. But, you know, Nick Fury, Hulk, Iron Man, um, sorry, Hulk, Wolverine and, um, and She-Hulk all felt like just characters that I didn't want to root for in any way. Um, and, and yes, the fights were fun and there were some good fun jokes and, and that kind of thing. Um, but so I, I kind of liked it on a surface level. But if this is what Ultimate Marvel became beyond Ultimate Spider-Man, I'm not sure I'd want to read a huge amount of it. 
yeah, just because as I said, there was just a slightly unpleasant edge or vibe to all of proceedings that I just couldn't quite get on board with. Um, it looks really good. Uh, the art's really good. Um, I, pr I preferred it on Planet Hulk. I preferred the art of Planet Hulk just because, you know, they get to draw Hulk fighting in gladiatorial arenas in gladiatorial um, armour. So that's amazing. Um, but yeah, so um, I would say definitely my, my favourite of the two recommendations this week was Planet Hulk. Um, but I do find Ultimate Marvel intriguing. Um especially my two exposures have been the start of Ultimate Spider-Man and now this. Um, I'm not quite sure what to make of it, but maybe I'll I'll find out a bit more of that universe um, as we go th further through the podcast. Um, but that is it for this week. Don't forget that the next episode of Cinematic Universe will be doing things slightly differently because we are covering a manga uh, that is Ghost in the Shell. If you're enjoying the show, then please do subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM or your podcast app of choice. And if you've already subscribed, then please leave us a rating or review and we'll give you a shout out on a future show. You can find more episodes of Cinematic Universe on cinematicuniverse.libsyn.com or as where a film divider podcast at filmdivider.com. You can get in touch via Facebook, on Twitter at CU underscore podcast or send us an email to cinematicuniversepod at gmail.com. See you next week. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.